Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And uh, we're back doing the Western Conference free agency and everything since kind of review. Uh, we said we were going to do it last week, a few days after our East one, and then it got pushed back until this week. So we figured why not just do it now. So we're going to take a look at pretty much everything that happened from July 1st until now in the East, or in the Western Conference, and we have a lot to look at. So uh, let's get started right with uh, the first team, alphabetical order. We'll take a look at the other side of the Phil Kessel trade with the Arizona Coyotes. Chase, what were your thoughts on this? I was kind of confused why Arizona would did the, did this. Like, they're a cap team now? Yeah, I guess, like, going into it, they were, I think at the beginning of free agency, they already had the most cap space. Or, sorry, the least cap space because they had their entire team signed. Yeah, like, they're a cap team with no, with one contract coming off the books next year of Soderberg for $4.75 million, but... Keller's a free agent, or a RFA, sorry, not a free agent. Like, that is, so, I think I'd rather have Phil Kessel even on his contract than Galchenyuk, but I really didn't get this from a salary perspective for Arizona. Yeah, salary maybe not. I think in Arizona there's probably pieces you can move next year if you need to. Michael Grabner's a piece you could easily move if you needed on the back end, I think there's a couple guys that you could probably move if you really wanted to. Whether yeah, that I'm be sure Goligoski with retaining or whatever. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think in terms of why they did it, Phil Kessel kind of fits their bill as uh, a guy who scores. Whether those points are inflated, like I think uh, a lot of us, uh, me and you at least, may uh, seem to think. Via, I feel like pretty much everybody on nerd Twitter would yeah, say that. Yeah, hockey uh, stats Twitter anyways. Um, I mean, yeah, Kessel's got a $6.8 million cap hit for the next three years for on the Coyotes' books, so if he can provide some power play scoring for you and even some 5v5 scoring, I guess it, like it's an upgrade over Galchenyuk probably. I would think he would help their power play a lot, and their power play is not good. So that's a win, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this team's kind of, I don't know. This team's in a strange place because they don't seem good enough to kind of go for it. And they don't seem to have, like, stars on the way or no, like they have, like that. Uh, Barrett Hayton, who they drafted last year at fifth overall. Yeah, he's really good, but I don't foresee him being, like, Elias Pettersson next year or anything No, like I, No, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting team because for so long I was kind of high on this team. At least, well... I don't know. I've never really thought they'd be instant cup favorites or anything like that, but I was kind of like, yeah, like they have a pretty pretty exciting future and I still think their decor is very good, but I don't like this team just it it just screams like first wild card, first round exit kind of team to me. Yeah, it looks like they're just trying to secure like the Minnesota curse where you're like the eighth best team in your conference and maybe or ninth, you 10th even. Yeah, 11th. I don't know. Like and their team is not super young either. Like, their average defense age is 28 years of age. Um, their average forward age is 26.3, and their goalies are at 29.5 because both their goalies are 30 and 29. Their young starter is already 30 years well, old. Rantanen's way older than I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, Ranta is very old in terms of being a young guy who needs a shot. Yeah, that is weird. I thought he was, like, 24. No, and so um, it'll be... 
interesting to see what kind of strides this team makes because they were close to a playoff spot last year, but like this kind of has to be the year you go for it. And I guess this is what the Kessel move kind of signalizes is they're trying to keep on improving. I think so. I just don't know what this does for them. I mean, improves a power play that and score the area that you really needed help in, which is offense. True, but like when uh, Pittsburgh got filled the first time, it was clear like this is them pushing in. This is their last piece for a cup or whatever. Like, I don't like. I think Arizona got the better end of the trade. Probably, yeah, yeah, but there's but something. Like, I think there's something to be said about a team that hasn't made the playoffs since what 2014. Yeah, it's been a while. Their ticket sales went up and stuff. Too, yeah, but, and, and I mean, ticket sales, but I also think that, like, trying... I mean, as old as they are, they still have some young pieces that they'll look like, Keller being one of them, and um, what's his name? Chitrin on the back end, uh, pieces that they're going to want to build around. And I think it's fair enough to say that uh, pushing in for something that doesn't actually cost you much of an asset because this was a one-for-one deal to go for a playoff spot and get your guys' experience is they, not that bad of a thing. They gave up a guy who was a first-round pick. Is that well. was one for one? No. Huh. Who'd they give up? Uh, Joseph, I believe. Pierre Oliver Joseph, yeah. Oh. Huh. I didn't even see that. For some reason, I thought it was one for one. Yeah, he's a former first-round pick. Huh. I see. Is he... How old is he? I think he was a 2017 draft. Oh, geez, so that's not even that. That's pretty recent, too. No. And it's not like he was uh, topping anybody's prospect rankings or anything. No. But... Yeah, I, I have heard the name, yeah. I think he might have played on the World Junior Team for Canada. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't know if he did or not, but... Yeah, he did. Or he was at least on the roster. Uh, either way, um, I don't I I think it's... I don't I I, I think it's fine. Yeah, like, it's just... It's not going to move the needle in terms of them being a cup contender, but... Yeah, like, you wouldn't think a trade for, like, a 92-point player would be so underwhelming. But it's just... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like the 92-point player in himself is underwhelming. Like, oh, 100%. He's just the definition of empty calories. And, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like he's getting that rep a little bit around the league. Maybe not quite either around casual fans, but... No, well, he's at the point now where, in Toronto, he didn't have as horrific defensive results as advertised but he's at the point now where he is as bad defensively as everyone says so they better hope he scores a lot yeah uh moving on then let's go to the next team in line the calgary flames we'll start with two small things sam bennett cam talbot uh they lock in cam talbot as their probably backup slash maybe tandem starter with dave riddich and then uh re-sign sam bennett to some sort of contract that i don't have on me right now Two years, two point five. Thank you. Um, I don't. Sam Bennett's a fine what third liner? Yeah, I have him as an average third liner. Yeah, so I mean that's a that's fine. That's very fine value for that. Yeah, he's got one of the best mustaches in the league, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, I don't have much to say on both of those, but let's get to a bigger point of, or unless you, I just want to say I really like the tablet bet actually. Yeah, like he's got some good priors. He fell off a cliff last year, so. He's yeah. a decent bet to rebound. I mean, it's fine. He's 32 years old, I guess, as well. But his one-year deal at $2.75 million, it feels kind of hard to go wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Low risk, some high reward there. Yeah, so they have uh, $7 million in cap space to sign Dave Riddich. Something tells me that will be enough. They also need to sign Matt Kachuk, of course. And Mangia Payne. I think they're going to have to make a deal. You would... 
think so. Because there's no way Riddich is taking like a $700,000 deal. No, I feel like Riddich would probably get two to three mil for like maybe a one or two year deal. Yeah, and if I'm to Chuck's agent, I'm asking for more than 7.5 for just to Chuck. Probably. I, it'll be interesting to see with Kachuk if he goes bridge or if he tries to get like a five-year deal. I think bridging, at unless there's a move to be made, is probably in Calgary's best interest. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but Frolik is apparently all but gone, so maybe this looks different by the time the podcast comes out. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, $4.3 million off the book right there yeah. uh, could very much help that. Um, let's get to the big deal then. Milan Lucic for James Neal. Oh, God, I forgot about this. <laughs> I don't even want to... I can't even begin to understand this deal from uh, Calgary's perspective. So Edmonton retains a little bit of salary to pretty much even out what the costs are between the two. But Lucic ended up coming cheaper, actually. Is it 5.2? Yeah, Yeah, I guess Neal's at what? Half a million cheaper. Yeah, so um, the problem with this is Neal's has a very fine buyout contract. I think it's like 500k per year if you buy him out. Milan Lucic contract is almost, you can't buy it out. Like, you can, but it will hurt you just as much as it tries to help you. Yeah, like, I think Edmonton just won a one-for-one trade. Yes, they they easily did. I don't understand this even a little bit for Calgary. Like, I just, I don't. Yeah, it was definitely like a let's-do-each-other's-murders sort of thing, but... So, here's the cap hit uh, if they decided to buy Juan Lucic out this season. Uh, it'd be three. So Edmonton has about four hundred k to seven hundred k every year as well. I'm not even going to include that. Calgary get hit with three point one, four point nine, three point six, four point nine, and then five hundred k for the next five year, four years. So eight years and eighteen million dollars in total. Four of those which where it's over three and almost five. What a terrible contract. <laughs> yeah, and like I just so you can't buy him out. Sure, that let me that leads to think that they want him to play. The problem with this is, if there's, out of these two players, I would take James Neal bouncing back before I take Milan Lucic, because James Neal had one down, well, a down, a very, very bad season. He had a cliff here. Yes. And I would agree, I would argue that he would probably be a better uh, candidate to at least have somewhat of a bounce back from that than Milan Lucic, who has been this bad for three or four years now. Well, I think that's why there was the really kinky clause in the trade. Oh, yeah, so the I didn't even get to that. Yeah. So the clause is James Neal, if James Neal scores 20 goals and outscores Lucic by at least 10 goals, Edmonton gives, I believe, a third or a fourth round pick to Calgary. third, but I could be wrong. Um, that's hilarious. I love that. It. I'm surprised we don't see that more. I guess so. It makes it's, sense. It's the perfect, like, if I'm taking a risk and I look really stupid, at least I get something back clause. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really... It was creative, yeah, at least. I think, again, this can be a win on Ken Holland's book. I would think uh, so, yeah. I still haven't hated too much of what he's done since he's gotten there. And, uh, I mean, getting, at the very least, let's say James Neal has just as bad of a season as he did last year, which even that, I think, is not likely. I mean, I wouldn't bet on that. I didn't realize how bad of a season he had last year. He had 19 points. Oh yeah, I had him as well below replacement level last year. Yeah, and so just to give you an idea, he went from a very obviously unsustainable year in uh, Vegas where he scored 44 points. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. So he goes, here's his past four years. 58 points with Nashville, 41 with Nashville in 70 games, 44 and 71, and then 19 and 63. So, 
yes, it's possible he falls off a cliff and this is just what he is now, but I'll take the money on him at least bouncing back to, say, a 25, 30-ish point player. I think with his previous career average shooting percentage, he'd be like a 17 goal player last year. Yeah, and 17, 17 goals? Or, yeah. Yeah, so that bumps his goals up by 10 because he only had seven goals last year. And you'd think he could probably find a few more assists here or there as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then you look at Lucic's, and he goes, his last three years have been 50 points <laughs> in 82 games, 34 points in 82 games, 20 points in 79 games. Yeah, so he And guess down. which season he played alongside McDavid for a, a ton of it? That's a pretty easy guess. It yeah. was the 50-point one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like this bet from Edmonton. I just I don't understand it from Calgary. Apparently, they fully expect him to be in the lineup for the next two years, providing grit, which I just I can't believe it's still a thing that we talk about. His shot metrics are, like, weirdly okay, but the puck just never goes in the net. Yeah, I, I think so. the only person I saw defending this trade from Calgary was uh, Mike Blake McCurdy, because his hockey viz stuff had uh, Lucic as like fine. Yeah, Lucic is like an average play driver. Yeah, which is very strange. But. And um, so his thing was that he's he doesn't want to call himself a Lucic defender, but he probably takes uh, he probably takes more crap than he should most nights. And I don't know, like I like if he's a player making. 700 grand. Oh, then yeah. It's a perfectly yes. fine fourth line. Like a, exactly. Even I would go as far as to say a really good fourth liner. Yeah, well, I mean, even, yeah, even now, like, he's probably, like, he's probably a fine fourth line. It's just, why would you acquire a fourth liner for that much money willingly? A bio-proof fourth yes, liner. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not that he um, can't play hockey anymore. It's that he's not great, especially given what his contract pays you. So, yes, there's sometimes where you just have to bite the bullet and say, okay, well, we have to use him how it is. But Calgary didn't have to acquire him. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like this trade at all for Calgary. No, it was weird seeing Edmonton win a one-for-one. Yeah. I think, how how many years before you think um, Calgary's trying to get out from underneath this deal? Like three months. I'll give it next year, next season. That's fair. They do probably give it a season. But yeah. if I'm Calgary's GM, I'm starting to do it now. Well, no, you're not because you just openly traded for him that's true he's got no move to so it probably yeah. doesn't even matter but yeah um let's go to edmonton's other small moves they had a very quiet deadline or uh july 1st because they didn't have much cap space swap goalies kind of with calgary they picked up mike smith Eh, i'm i don't hate smith i think he's yeah. average he seems to bounce around wildly yeah. so maybe they're just thinking they might be getting that uh high end out of him instead of the low end that Calgary got last year. Or even both and use them as a tandem with uh, Koskinen. So, and then the other thing they made, a small, but I didn't really like it, Alex Chase on about $2 million for two years. I just, I didn't really understand this. I, maybe, like, I guess Edmonton needs wingers, but this isn't the guy I'd be giving $4 million to, I don't think. No, like, I'd way rather them try to get, like, a sneaky upside signing, like, the Leipzig deal or something like that. Yeah, or, like, Josh Levo signed for a one and a half million. Like, exactly. I know I know he was an RFA, but, like, you're telling me you couldn't give up whatever little asset you need? Or, like, even for comparison, and, again, like, maybe he didn't want to come here, but Ryan Dezingle signed for $3.375 million. That would have been a nice little it, So he signed for just over $1 million more than what they signed Alex Chase on to. 
And I would argue that Dezingle probably brings much more than $1 million worth more than what Cheyasan does. Oh, for sure. So, I don't think you'd get any pushback on that. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand what their logic was on that. And it's just, I guess that's one of the downs I've seen. With, uh, that's one of the first things that I've really just not liked from what Ken Holland has done. And it just feels kind of like the old Oilers way where it's like, you have so many options to go and spend your money on cheap try-it deals, and you just kind of give a guy who had an unsustainable shooting percentage with you a two, two-year two deal for probably too much money. Yeah, unless they just believe their own magic of him on their power play. But, like, I why? Would, oh, I don't know why they would, but that <laughs> like, would be... I'm sure they do, but it's just like, it, it doesn't mean it's good, right? Like, no, definitely not. I would just think that's their justification behind this. Yeah, I guess so. Because they have no right-handed shots to play on that power play. No, no, they don't. So there's that, but yeah, I don't know. I would have rather looked for some something with more upside. But yeah, um, let's move to a team that I didn't like. Well, maybe I like one of their deals, the Chicago Blackhawks. I have four things written down here: Calvin DeHaan, Andrew Shaw, Alex Nylander, and Artem Anisimov. I like one of those. I like the DeHaan one. Exactly. I thought, I thought that was a pretty decent pickup. Um, I think DeHaan has been underrated. He wasn't... I, I always thought that the Carolina fit was pretty weird for him because they had so many good defensemen already. Especially since so few teams seem to be happy with their defense group. Yeah. It would always seem like a weird thing for him to go play on the third pair in Carolina. Exactly. And so they gave up uh, Anton Forsberg and Gustav Forsling. Uh, Forsberg isn't good. Nope. <laughs> like, that's pretty much all I can say. And then Gustav Forsling, he's fine. Yeah. But I, I'd rather Calvin DeHaan, I think, than him. So. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that was a decent pickup, but that's about where the good things stopped for Chicago. The Sorella guy they gave up, or they got, used to get really good in gel. <laughs> um, Andrew Shaw, trying to get the boys back together from 2015 or whatever. That's never failed. I, I wasn't surprised, but I just... I didn't like it at all. They seem to do it with Saad, too. They, yeah. They really like getting the, getting the boys back. Um, so they gave up, or sorry, they got Shaw in a seventh for a second and a seventh and a third. So a second and a third, pretty much. So I, like, I don't know. I don't, I just don't have any words for this on why you would do this. Great for Montreal selling Shaw after the on-ice shooting percentage spike at 28. Yeah. And I don't know why Chicago would be buying. I mean, and it, like Shaw's not a terrible player. No, but. he's fine. He's just why are you get when you're a team who's clearly not an Andrew Shaw away from winning the cup, and you got cap like you're tight against the cap still, and you will be for the foreseeable future. Why are you giving up a second and a third round pick for a guy like that? Yeah, sure. And surely there are better ways to spend eleven point seven million dollars. Yeah, and then so. They pick up um, Alex Nylander for Yokoharu, and we love that from Buffalo's perspective. Don't understand it from Chicago's. Yokoharu looked like he was going to be some kind of NHL defender. I'm not sure if Alex Nylander will be any kind of NHL player. If he is, maybe a bottom six guy at best. Yeah, he definitely doesn't project to be a star at this point. No, and like I'm not saying he's a complete bust, but like I don't. There just hasn't been a ton of things that look prom- super promising for him to be. Like, worth giving up a guy who could legitimately be, like, a second-pair defender. Yeah. And who played on your top year pair for part of last year. Yeah, and played on your top pair until Quenville got fired. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I don't get it at all. Yeah, it seems like they've kind of remade their defense core. Yeah. Just 
And then you go the Artem Anisimov for Zach Smith deal. Uh, I think they got a little cheaper with Zach Smith. Yeah, but I think they gave up the little bit better of a player too. I don't think there's much value there. I don't think it really swings either way. But it's just one of those deals where it's like I don't think that acquiring Zach Smith and Andrew Shaw is the way you should go about your dead or your July first. Like it feels like that's not the move in 2019. Yeah, whether it's on younger players or even just like a bigger development staff or something, like surely there's better ways. Like, more productive ways for Chicago to spend that money. There has to be. It's but... not like you had to spend that money against the cap. No. On I... Sean. I'm pretty sure Smith has at least two more years left on his deal. Maybe even... No, I think it's two. two. More. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, because Strom was, kind of looked like a draft bust, and then he came over and then went on a huge PDO bender, so his point total skyrocketed. I wonder if, again, they're buying their own magic. It's what they're probably trying to do, especially with the Alex Nylander thing. Yeah, that would be the reason I would think they got Nylander. But even then, like, why give up Yokoharu for that? Like, even buying your own magic to Alex Nylander being somewhat of what he thinks he is to what Yokoharu kind of looked like he's going to become last year... I don't even think that would be a good trade. Yeah, because... Yeah, I don't really get this at all. At least if they drafted Bram, too, then you could be like, all right, now we have Boquest, Bram, yeah, and Yokoharu, so we want to move on from one of them. But not that it's ever really smart to just give up good players because you have other good ones, but... Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't want to talk about Chicago anymore. They just kind of make me depressed. Their cat friendly is really ugly. It is disgusting. It's not quite like 2017 Detroit Red Wings bad, but or 2018 Detroit Red Wings bad. So goddamn bad. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to Colorado. They had a bunch of uh, little moves and then a big one. Uh, one of the smaller trades was picking up Andre Burakovsky from the Capitals for uh, giving pretty much giving the cap uh, Capitals cap room, which they desperately needed. I like this move. Yeah, bet on the upside. Yeah, I mean they gave. I guess they gave up a second and a third, so it's not like it was nothing. But they have Toronto's third. Yeah, um, so I don't. Know, I like. Yeah, I don't know. He Burkowski had a rough year last year. Uh, he didn't get off the fourth line too much. I don't think. Um, he's still, I think, what twenty four. Yep. Yeah, and he's one of those guys whose per sixty numbers has all always been way better than per game. Yeah. So you have to be a little scared of the small sample, but also it means he might have more to give. Yeah, and I think at very least, if you, you could try and plug him in in a third-line role or something, and he might give you some depth scoring. And... Exactly. I also really like their Don Skoy signing. Yep. Oh, I didn't even have that one written down. I don't know why that escaped me. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I like that too. I think he, he provides good depth scoring, which, again, is what this team desperately needs. Yep. Um, 3.9 for four years. Uh, he wasn't going to get that in San Jose, obviously, and it, it makes sense from both sides, I think. Yeah, he gets some money. It was like a perfectly fair... Contract for a really good middle six forward. I didn't love the Pierre Edward Belmar signing. I don't really know why you're giving him two years in 2019. No, that confused me. Um, it's not the end of the world by any means, but uh, they re-signed JT Comfer to four years, $3.5 million. That seemed like a lot to me. It, I'm much lower on JT Comfer than I think a lot of people are. Yeah, it seemed like, I feel like they still want him to grow, but he's 24. Yeah, I was a replacement level player last year. Yeah, like, and I know, like, I, I think there was a couple of Avs fans who pretty much said this was going to be his make-or-break season, and I don't know, nothing he really did scream make it to me, yeah. at least not for that money. And he got minutes on that top power play with McKinnon and them, yeah, He too. put up 32 points, like, yeah, know, it's was, not good. <laughs> yeah, and he played the role to transition in the next trade that I think Nazem Kadri is going to kill. 
on that power play. Yeah. Uh, they also resigned Nikita Zadorov, one year, three point two million. I'm fine with that. I don't. It's one year, whatever. It's fine. Um, They're then, waiting for Bram and Gerard to take over that top four yeah. on the left side there. And then the Nazem Kadri trade. Uh, I like this a lot from Colorado's perspective. You have a couple young defensemen coming in with uh, Cal McCarr. Oh, I guess they picked up uh, Kevin Con- Continent as well. Connaughton. Connaughton, sorry. Yeah. That was a little while ago. But yeah, so you got a uh, Cal McCarr, uh, Connor Timmins, you're going to hope is ready next year maybe. Uh, Samuel Gerrard is ready to step up into a bigger role. Callie Rosen could play on a depth pair. Uh, and then you have Ian Cole, Nikita Zadorov, and Eric Johnson. So you have a crowded blue line there, and they they dealt and got a legitimate asset and asset of need back uh, in Nazem Kadri. And even Callie Rosen, but Kadri is the big one. Uh, and he's going to be playing 2C again, and that's very like that's the ideal role for Kadri. Yeah, it's exactly what... Kadri needed was a spot back in the top six, and it's exactly what Colorado needed, which was a really good second-line center. Yeah, and so they go from, you know, being the the joke of only having one line to having, you know, some kind of top nine, maybe, of uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, Kadri, uh, Donskoy, Rantanen, and... Throw Burakovsky up Burakovsky there. Burakovsky or want. Comper, Yost, maybe. One of those, one of those guys. Yeah, and get creative. Yeah, and so, I don't know, I really, this is an exciting team. I think maybe their summer was a little underwhelming in terms of what they could have done with their cap space, but the rumor was that they wanted to be uh, aware of who they have to re-sign coming up, and I definitely think that's fair as well. Yeah, I mean, they have $16 million right now, but that Ranton and contract's got to take up the majority of that. Well, like, yeah, like 7 or 8 I would say. I feel like Ranton is going to be underrated. Probably he got more points than Marner did. Did he not? I don't. Maybe, but oh, prorated he did. Yeah. So like, I don't. I feel like I don't know. League wide, I feel like Rantanen's underrated. But maybe maybe he's one of those guys who's been underrated by everyone. So now he's just yeah. finally rated or overrated. I don't. It'll be interesting to see what I think he's probably trying to wait for Mitch Marner to sign. Oh God, yeah. He's put up more points than Marner has in the past two years, so yeah. I'm waiting till Marner gets a hopefully huge number. So if using if Marner gets like nine, I could see him wanting exactly that and maybe settling for eight and a half or something like that. Based on how contracts work, if Marner gets nine, his agent could be like, ask for ten. nine and a half. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I mean, that would be the ask. I doubt Colorado would just jump on that right away. Oh yeah, I wouldn't bet on him getting more than Marner. But I would say he probably between... Eight and nine, depending where the Marner contract falls. Yeah, I don't um, think so. And then, yeah, I don't know. After that, like, they got Tyson Yost coming up next year. That's not huge. But then uh, Sam, Sam Gerrard, uh, and then... That could be a big one. If Gerrard, yeah. Ride him this yep. year. And Cal McCarr in two years as well. And then McKinnon and in, in a decent amount down the future. But you can see why they didn't want to tie up a ton of cap space in the guys for five or six years this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I like their offseason. I don't have much more to say than that, but I'm like, very excited for the team. I think they're starting to sneak into that territory with like Carolina, where there are a lot of people's like third favorite team sort of thing. Yeah. Like they're just quietly rooting for them. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, they built a very... It's funny because two years ago, everyone wants Sackick out of a job. <laughs> True. Um, and then the Matt Duchesne trade. Yeah, and then he... Completely turned his whole thing around with the Matt Duchesne trade. Let's uh, let's talk about a lizard real quick. Uh, <laughs> we're going to the Dallas Stars, or no, not not Dallas Stars, uh, Minnesota Wild. Maybe. Sorry. Um, 
they didn't do a ton. They re-signed Ryan Donato, and they traded for Hartman and signed him. Hartman was at his cottage, quote, having no reception when he got the trade, but apparently he did actually have access with his agent, which is less fun than being at your cottage for two weeks and then coming back and finding you were traded ten days earlier. I assume no NHL player actually leaves around this time of year and just... Yeah, just go completely off the grid. I doubt it. Um, Yeah, I think the Hartman one is fine. I don't believe they gave up too much to get him. Maybe I'm completely wrong about that. Didn't someone acquire him and then not qualify him? Philly had him. Yeah, it was Philly, and then they just traded him for Tyler Pitlick. Yeah. I I think that's fine. They signed him to two years, 1.4. That's not going to move the needle, but... uh, And then they um, signed Ryan Donato... It was a player I like for 1.9, two years. That's a decent deal, I think, as well. Yeah. And then their big one was Matt Zuccarello, five years, six million per. Again, like, I get this team is going to have a hard time rebuilding with those massive contracts on their books, but how do you keep thinking that this is a team who has made it past the first round once in the past six years and should keep on trying to go for it, whatever that means? Yeah, because, like, so I believe Zuccarello was worth six million dollars last year, but he's thirty-one already. Yeah, well, like, and, and like, like, sure, for a team who's trying to compete for a cup, maybe that seems reasonable. Yeah, like if you think you need one more good winger in your top six, then yeah, like if, Pit- if Pittsburgh somehow found the cap space for him and signed him to a six million dollar deal, I would not yeah. blink an eye. But I, yeah, I don't know what this does for them. He's got a full no move, so. Like, it's just another contract that's gonna. So now they have Zucker for four years at twenty seven, uh, modified no move. Actually, that's like not that, that bad. At least you could probably move on from that, but even that's not gonna give you a ton of value. It seems because, like they're desperately trying to move on from Zucker for yeah. some reason. And you're not gonna get a ton of value because I think he's underrated league wide. Yeah, I agree. Um, with that. Matt Zuccarello now on the books five years six million. Zach Parise on the books six years seven million seven and a half million. Ryan Sutter. Six years, seven and a half million. Matt Dumba, that's not as bad. He's 25 years old. But it's just, you have three guys who are 30 plus, two of them which are 34, now taking up $21 million of your cap space until 23, 24. Yeah, this seems like one of those get me to the playoffs now and I'm not going to have to clean this up if it fails sort of deals. Yeah, and I, I guess if you're the GM, sure. But I just don't understand. I don't even think this team's a playoff team. Yeah, they could pretty easily miss the playoffs. Yeah, like, I, I I, don't, if I we did it right now, I don't think I would have them in my top eight. They'd probably be 9, 10, 11-ish, somewhere in there. Yeah, they're definitely, like, on the fringe. Yeah, like, they're not, I don't think this is a lottery team, but, like. No, like, they have Boudreaux, so if they finish seventh in the West. Yeah, but, like, this just isn't a team me, that's just an automatic shoe-in to, you know, make playoffs. Yeah, again, so they just fired a bunch of their analytics people, like. I would way rather put $30 million into that than 31-year-old Matt Zuccarello, even though Zuccarello's a good enough player. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think this does anything long-term for them. No, I don't think so either. Uh, let's go to another team, Dallas Stars. They're kind of trying to keep this. They're kind of in the point where you know they built a pretty solid young core. or well, Not young, but they built a pretty solid core, and it didn't really go anywhere for a little while. And now they're kind of in between two stages where it's like, you have guys like uh, John Klingberg and uh, Miro Heiskanen and stuff like that. But then you also have guys like Jamie Benn who are already get in the, in his 30s. Yeah. And Radulov's 33. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of – they made a couple small buys that I, I liked. 
I like the both the Perry and Sakara deals because they're super cheap. I really like the Perry one. Yeah, I think he's still if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, he can provide value. But even if the, he can't, one point five. Exactly. At the end of the day, his p- maximum potential is one point seven five, I believe, or maybe that's one point seven five on top. Whatever. If he's hitting that, it means he's doing good things. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's one year, and you're going to be able to walk away from it immediately. Same with Sakara deal. He was a very fine, or he was a very good defenseman in Edmonton before he got hurt. Uh, if you can even take some of that so you can play on your third pair effectively, that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, and then their big one was uh, Joe Pavelski, three years, $7 million. This was a strange contract. What did you think of this one? I, it was... It was lower term than I thought it was, or going to be. Yeah. But, He's 35, so good on them to keep the term down. Yeah, and I think that was the big issue with a lot of teams, um, is that he was asking for a five-plus-year deal, which is just not good no. to give to a 35-year-old. I don't I like it. Like, I think it's fine. It's it, like... It kind of reminds me of the Patrick Marlowe deal. But better. Yes. Yeah. Um, like yeah, that third year could hurt them, but like I, I feel like it won't hurt them, especially because it's two different teams. It won't hurt them quite as bad as the Marlowe deal hurt Toronto. It's not like in three years this team's going to have a ton of young guys they absolutely need to resign. No, it that are the core of their future. And I mean, like they'll have high skin in, yes, but like it's not like Toronto where it's like you needed Nylander, you needed Matthews, you needed Marner, you wanted Kapanen and Janssen and all those guys. They have their core locked in for quite a while now. Yeah, for, no, for well, most of it, anyway. It should not kill them even close to No, and I mean, so when, when Klingberg needs his new extension, he'll be off the books by then. Radulov will be coming off the books that year, too. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a fine deal. I don't think it's the best deal, but this is probably, for July 1st and big money, this is probably one of the better ones we'll see. Yeah, it's one of the most reasonable ones, for sure. I don't, like, I'd be worried about their goaltending regressing and them just... Yeah, I don't holding. think this this team's not a Western Conference Finals team, in my opinion. No. Like, they rode amazing goaltending last year. And, like, Bishop is good, but you never bet on the kind of year that he had repeating itself. So Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't—this is another team that I definitely, I think, will see some regression. But they'll be in the hunt for a playoff spot as well, I think. So. Yeah. Uh, let's go Nashville now. Two deals I do want to talk about. One, Matt Duchesne. A bit more reasonable than what I was kind of expecting, I guess. It's not great, but, I mean, for a team that's trying to compete now, it's fine. Like, 7 by 8 Yeah, so they them getting Matt Duchesne is basically saying, this is our core, we're just going to keep taking shots until the core can't anymore. Yeah. and the looks of it. Like, I don't know, I I guess you kind of have to. But at the same time, it's just that that's, it, that deal's not going to look good in four years. I don't think. Oh God, no! I don't think this deal will look good in two years. No, and, and um, it, it's going to be funny when all four of their or that all four of their centers could arguably be overpaid this year already. Uh, I would think they are. <laughs> maybe Matt Duchesne, you can argue is for this year. That's kind of where you want him, but I don't know. Like it's but like Duchesne, not an. It could have been situational because he's had kind of a rocky past. That's well documented, but like. Duchesne had an uncharacteristically good year last year. Yeah. So I would bet on him regressing backwards. He could, yeah. Next year. I mean, I don't think he's going to get much better. He's not getting better at 28. No. So, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
I'm not quite on that boat in terms of he's like if he might regress a little bit, but I don't know. Like when you're playing, it, it's tough. I watched Duchesne for a lot of last year, and him and Dzingel worked really well together. But outside, of, it's not like he was playing with Mark Stone or Brady Kachuk. That's fair. He was playing with Dzingel, and then Batherson was on his line for a while, and Batherson could not hang in the NHL. Yeah. But he was still kind of dragging him to like getting some points and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, he'll be fine for this year. Uh, him and yeah, you'd you'd rather uh, a one C and a two C, I think. But they kind of got like two two C's in uh, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. But it's an expensive it, two it, second yeah, centers. Yeah, sixteen million dollars for guys who I would probably both argue are at best like the thirty fifth best centerman in the league. Around that range, anyways. Yeah, like I think all four of their centers are overpaid. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, the other deal I wanted to talk about was um, Colton Sissons. <laughs> so the tweet comes out: Colton Sissons and Nashville avoid arbitration. Oh, cool! What do they agree on? With a seven-year deal <laughs> worth two point eight million dollars annually. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. The AAV is totally fine. I if yep. it was on a two-year, three-year deal. Oh yeah, I'd give Colton Sissons two by two point eight. Yeah, playing. I like Colton Sissons. He's a good. He's a very good depth player. Yeah, he's a good third liner. The problem is you don't lock into those guys for seven years, because he's, if this is what he is now, he's twenty five. He's likely not going to get too much better. Like, what is he going to be in five years? When you and like when you have and sure two point eight million dollars is a lot of money. You could probably move that deal or just bury it. But like, the point is, this team is going to be in a cap crunch as well. I mean, they're already starting to be. They had to trade Subban to get Duchesne. But they have Yossi up next year. They have um, a couple guys up. Uh, they have Forsberg up in three years. And they have those two centermen up for six, or for 16 mil, tying that stuff up. Turs for another sixth year. Uh, Arvidsson's on a beautiful deal, at least. That helps them out a little bit. I just don't, like, 2.8 could matter when you need it, is my point. Exactly. Like, it's... By definition, small enough is not going to kill them, but it just didn't seem necessary. No. Like, who were they bidding against that was like, hey, Colton, we'll give you six years? Yeah. It's... I don't have too many words for it. No, I don't think there's that many comparables. It was uh, Yarncroke, right? Was that next. was the only other one. Yeah. Um, but that was still a year shorter. I think it was... The five by two, I believe, or six by six two, by sorry. two. Yeah, it was the lowest uh, cap hit on a seven year deal by like a long shot. Yeah, I believe it. Um, Arvidsson was the next lowest, actually, I think. So, like, I guess you maybe make the bet that he can be a third liner for the duration of the contract or most of the contract, but it just seems like an unnecessary risk to me. Yeah, I agree. Some people were. I even saw people on the other side confused why Sissons wasn't going to bet on himself, but like... I don't. I, I would take the seven years at $2.8 million for Colton Sissons yeah, every you're day of the week. A 25-year-old who hasn't shown signs of offensive upside, take your, what, $15, 20000000 million? Yeah, yeah. $20 million, and good for him. Yep. Uh, two contracts that were really good. Uh, Timo Meyer, four years, $6 million. Uh, this was amazing. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know how Doug Wilson keeps doing it. Or does it like that? But it was because of the weird bonus quirk at the end. Did yeah. you see that? Yes. Um, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. So it's four years, six million per. But the base, sa- so there's no signing bonus in the sixth, sixth, fourth year. So when that contract's up, 
it's you know, his qualifying offer is going to cost $10 million. So instead of a f- four-year, $24 million contract, it's probably going to be a five-year, $34 million contract. Um, and then the other one, <laughs> Kevin LeBlanc. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. I kind of, I mean, good for San Jose for Fantastic what? I think it was, what, a 50-point player? Yep, 56 points, I yeah. believe. $1 million. Um, for LeBanc, he's kind of a guy who, he's like, hey, look, we, we had a really good team, and we want to bring the band back together, and this might be how we do it. I think the whole, what if you blow a knee and completely ruin your career thing is really, really overrated. Oh, for sure. Like, the odds of that is so low. Yeah, how many times have you, how many times can you really recall where someone completely blew a knee in a contract year and couldn't play hockey again to the point where they couldn't get paid? <laughs> also, this... He doesn't take all of this home, but he's made just under $4 million from hockey already. It's not like he's going to be homeless if he can't <laughs> sign another contract. Yes, I would agree. And, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just so, I just don't understand. There was, like, legitimate rage about this, yeah. that he signed such a low deal. And, like, yeah, you probably could have or slash should have tried to bet on yourself a little more, but I also don't buy that there's a handshake deal in place for January when he can sign an extension, because... None of the money that they really need is coming off the books next year. <laughs> no, they don't exactly have Matt, other than Brendan Dillon. Yeah, they get, they'll have about $5 million. Well, no, a little more than that, but a lot of those are RFAs and Melker Carlson. So I, I bet you Carlson and Dillon probably get let off, and Aaron Dell maybe as well. So there's $7 million. But then you have guys who are on 700K deals and... That's about it. So yeah. I guess when those add up, maybe you have about ten million extra dollars. Like you'll definitely get a raise, but but I don't even know if it's going to be by them, because mm-hmm. those the the thing with those guys coming off the books is you're going to have to replace those guys. Yeah, you can't just you're probably not cycling any LCs for every single one. No, of those and so there's either. there's probably seven guys coming off the books next year. Maybe keep one or and a goalie. So eight eight players that you're going to need to replace. You're not going to be giving. LeBlanc half that money or whatever, which yeah. I think is what he's probably going to be asking for if he's got a handshake deal like this. Oh, I would think so. You'd want to get more than you're worth if you're taking this much less than market value on this one. But yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I think Occam's Razor guy probably just loves playing hockey in San Jose. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he's getting yeah, like I saw people pissed off, but. I don't know, he's making a million bucks to play for a team that he presumably really likes playing for, so... And it's a pretty good-looking team, too. Like, it's not like these guys are bummed by any means. Yeah, they went, for sure. They went to game six of the second round and got completely derailed by injuries, but... Yeah, like, they were good enough this year. It wouldn't shock anyone if Jones is league average and they win the Cup next year, right? No. Other than the Jones no. being league average yeah. part, that might surprise people, but... No, like, it wouldn't... Completely shot. I think they need to find some more scoring depth this year, but yeah, but that's doable. Yeah, of course the season. I mean, maybe sign Marlow and Thornton to your fourth line, or well, Thornton maybe third, but Marlow cheap on your fourth line or something like I'm that. I'm surprised they haven't signed him yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the holdup is. If uh, Marlow's debating if he wants to play or if they're apart on salary or something like that. Something like that. Um, two things from St. Louis. Uh, one is Sunquist. One is Bennington. Bennington. Yeah, fine deal. I mean, the goalie won you a cup, and he played average. Uh, yeah, he was good. Two years at 4.4, I think that's fair on both sides. I don't have any problem with that, and you're not locking yourself into a goalie long-term. No, they didn't so. get stupid and give him a ton of money super long-term because of one 
yep. really small sample. They kind of locked up the team as it was last year, and while I don't hate that on a one-year thing, I was, I don't know, I saw a couple of people, so they locked up Sunquist to a four-year, $2.75 million deal, and as the one tweet that I saw was, wow, they're really doing this right, bringing the entire band back together. And I quote you that saying, is that not what we've said about every single cup winner of the past, like, ten years? And it usually goes terrible. Yeah, and that, like, and to those teams that are in cap hell right now, like, Chicago, we said that exactly. They're trying to do the same thing right now, and they're still stuck in cap hell. L.A., we've did, we watched the reward contracts, and um, Detroit, same thing. And, like, yes, it's Good that they won a cup, and some of them even won another cup before it really kicked in. But the thing is, it's not about the cups. It's that they could have had a longer window. You know, like, yeah. if, if Chicago doesn't give out the Seabrook contract and extend a couple of guys like Bickle and stuff like Bickle, they don't they don't have to they give have up Terabine in, and they don't have to get rid of um, uh, Panarin so quickly. Like, yeah. it's just little things like that. Well, not even little, big things like that, but it's the little deals that hurt. And so I'm not even talking about the Sunquist thing just, like, on its own. 2.75 seems like a fair number for Sunquist. Yeah, but, but like, can... I just don't get why you lock him in for four, or bottom six guys in for four years. Yeah, it was like a less aggressive Sissons deal where, like, he is a good player. He'll be worth that next year almost certainly, but it just didn't seem necessary to go that long. No, not at all. Um, Touch on one thing quick and then a big team and then we're done. Vegas, Hall and Miller to move out cap space. I didn't love the trades, but I guess that's just kind of what you had to do. Like, No, I think they got less back than those players are worse. Oh, obviously. But, but I mean, like, it also you're... isn't the people I probably would have traded. I mean, Ryan Reeves is still making money on your team. Yeah, Cody Eakin. Yeah, like, like people actually like for I some reason. I would try to move that out, especially before Miller. I think the Miller one's going to hurt. Well, it's not going to hurt more than they think because they didn't use they Miller. Didn't but him. It's going to burn them, I think, more than they think. But... Yeah, all of this will probably be worth it if they can find a way to move one more deal and then sign Nikita Gusev to some sort of deal. Um, yeah, if they can sign Gusev out of it. Which is, I think, is pretty much what the money was trying to be made for. So, But, I mean, yeah, you look at the team right now, and it's just like, you know, like, how do you not ship away... I mean, maybe there is no takers for Ryan Reese, but he's making 2.275, like, 2.275... And maybe one other thing, and you're probably out with Gusev. Well, like I don't know what money Gusev wants is the problem. Uh, two by four, I believe. Like four years or four million. Four million. So you, if you years. get rid of Ryan Reeves, you have enough for. Oh, well, you have just a little under enough for Nikita Gusev. Yeah. So then, so like send, do that. Send no second yeah. down and call up someone. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be worth it if they can sign him, I guess. But uh, the trades they lost. Obvious depth, which was a kind of a centerpiece for them. That was a strength for them. But uh, we'll see how they can... I mean, but they Mark have... Stone doesn't always hurt either, right? Yeah, they so... have a full year of Mark Stone, which should more than counter the and depth lost. They haven't yet traded away stats near Pacioretty, which the rumors were flying a couple month, or a month ago that they were going to trade one of them away. So I hope they don't, because Pacioretty, Statsny, and Stone for a full year as a line is awesome. A top six of Marshall Smith, Carlson, Stastny, Pacioretty, Stone. That's a very, very good top six. Yeah, then pretty sick. Guys like Tuck, Eakin, Peary, Carrier, and Gusev in your bottom six is very good, very fine as well. Yeah, they have enough pieces that they... Yeah, they're a good I'm, team. I'm not sure how I feel about them on defense. Oh, they also have Cody Glass in the minors. Maybe he can make his way up this year. Yeah, I could see him playing even like third line center for them. I'm not sure how I feel on the fence yet. Uh, Nick Hag in the minors, and 
that's about it. Like I, I don't. I really, really but, like Shay Theodore, but I don't like their decor. I don't mind Nate Schmidt either. Yeah, like, Schmidt's good. Schmidt and Theodore, but after that, like McNabb, Holden, Merrill, and England are there four other guys. I don't love that at all. It would look so much better if Colin Miller was there instead of Derek England. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, it'll be an interesting team. They're going to be good enough, I think, but they also have to worry about the flurry regression <laughs> at some point. I forgot the flurry contract just kicks in. Yeah, seven million at thirty-four years old. So you got to hope that Flurry and Subban can split time effectively, and I guess go from there. Yeah, like that's... I mean, like it'll be a, they're a playoff team. So oh, you try and you try and ease Flurry's minutes, and then you can let him go hard in the playoffs. I still think it's probably one of the. May not complete favorites, but teams that you could see going far in the playoffs. I think they're the odds-on favorites out of the West. Mm, like your odds-on favorites, or just like, like betting odds? Betting lines. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know if I'd agree with those, but like I kind of understand it. There's I guess no real like juggernaut team in the West. No, there's not. I just wouldn't probably put them ahead of like the defending Stanley Cup champions who haven't changed the roster much at all. That's fair. And. Vegas has lost depth instead. I don't know. They still have picks, too, so they could... Yeah. No, they still have tons of picks. They have, what, two seconds this year and next? Yep. So, yeah, and then most of their own picks as well. All of them top three rounds this year, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. And then, last team, uh, Vancouver Canucks. They did <laughs> some stuff. They signed Tyler Myers to uh, a contract that was better than expected and still very bad. Yep, $30 million for five years. They totally just leaked the high number to the media to make it sound. Absolutely. Anchor you to $8 million and then yeah. have it come in at 6 Exactly, 100%. Uh, this is bad. There's no other way to put it, I don't think. I mean, the guy was a third-pair defenseman for most of his career. Yeah, even more worrisome, between this and trading your first-round pick, the team who was third last and expected goal differential at even strength last year, Thinks they're a playoff team? Yeah, like they clearly seem to go, think they're going all in on the playoffs. Um, yeah, like they got Miller now. I mean, it feels like they have a ton of people on their roster. Yeah, they have 16 people forwards on their NHL roster and eight defensemen with two goalies. So 26 players right now. Yeah, that is a lot. So it needs to be cut down by what, two or three play like three or four guys. So. I don't know, they re-signed Alex Edler to two years, $6 million, and... That was also a lot. Yeah, it has a full no-move clause as well. Yeah, if you're going to overpay somebody, I guess make it the hometown boy to yeah. insulate Quinn Hughes, but... Is the draft after this season or after next, like the expansion draft? That's a good question. Because if it's after... I'll look this up. Um, if it's after this season, that means they have to protect him as well, and I know that was a big thing during their... Um, uh, to talk, contract talks, that they didn't want to protect him during the expansion draft. But he didn't even just get a no trade, he got no move. Yeah, So they definitely have to protect him. What was it? It was players who only have full no trade and no moves had to be protected? Or was it just no moves? I think it was full no trade or no move. Okay, yeah. I, well, yeah, I don't know. Because if there's like 10 team exceptions or something like that, like you could get exposed, I believe. Uh, don't take up my word on that, though. An expansion draft in 2021 when Seattle enters the league. Um, so that'll be... This contract should be over by then, right? Yes, I would think so. Um, someone else may want to look that up. 
Huh. Go us, really, given the, the cutting details of the on this podcast. No, but uh, it, it's fine, like, for two years. But again, when you signal that you want to make the playoffs, this isn't exactly what I'd be doing or spending my money on. Like, there's got to be better ways to spend $12 million than on those two. Yeah, spend probably $4 million on a cage to put Jim Benning in on <laughs> July 1st without his phone. Um, like So now so they have uh, $18 million wrapped up in Erickson, Edler, and Myers for the next two years. Awesome. Yeah, it's just... I don't think this team's a playoff team. No. I don't, they're like... They might compete. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't hate Jacob Markstrom. I think he's a very average goaltender. Yeah, he was actually pretty good last year. Yeah, and like I, you're, they're going to need Quinn Hughes to take a huge step forward is the thing is that they want to make a, uh, make playoffs. Yep. But they, I'm Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, Miller, Pearson, Furlan, Levo, I guess is a fine top 9, but it's not like like that's not an automatic playoff team by any stretch. No, I not at all like they're very mediocre yeah i mean i can see a situation where they sneak into the eighth spot i can also see a situation where they completely play the wrong guys and something our goal of markstrom gets hurt or demko can't step up and they give a, a good pick to tampa well no i guess it probably it's lottery protected but but even still if they're like i don't think they're a good team this year or next barring some okay so they don't element. make the playoffs at all uh, the pick goes to Tampa next year. Okay. So pretty much they're betting on themselves to make the playoffs in the next two years, which just, it seems like such an unnecessary bet to get JT Miller for that. Yep. Like, I completely agreed. Like, I like JT Miller. He's a decent enough player, but was this team really Tyler Myers, JT Miller, and Michael Furland away from, like, a slam dunk playoff team? <laughs> nope. And, like, I don't, I don't, I like the, well, the Furland contract's fine. It was, it was, again, much better than I was expecting him to get. On its own, it was, like, a really, yeah, perfectly fair contract. Yeah. Four, four years, $3.5 million. That's literally probably half of what I thought he was going to get earlier in the season. Um, yeah, he was asking for a lot. Yeah, he was asking for about seven, I believe, or six maybe, but still. Uh, so, yeah, I think what they signed him there is fine. But, I mean, last year, you know how they kind of people were saying, well, why is it that big of a deal if they signed Beagle and Roussel to three or four-year deals each? Well, now you're looking like you might want that roster space or cap space. Yeah, having $8 million in space instead of Jay Beagle as your fourth-line center would be really nice right about now. Yeah, and I think it's someone... Jim Benning's a fine, a very good, a good drafter, at least. But he, someone needs to do the July 1st. Like, they need an, they need an uh, GM or even the assistant GM to do the July 1st stuff and just let Benning handle the draft all year. Agreed. Because this just, going for July 1st stuff doesn't work. And even the trading hasn't worked. Um, no, like, I, yeah, they're just not a good team. No, they're, like, they're not anything special. And it's the worst when you're not a good team and you think you are. That's just the yeah. most dangerous space place to be in i didn't hate the jordy ben signing i think he provides fine value for two million dollars but yeah, he's a good defensive it's not a needle mover by any means uh yeah i don't know. i just didn't love what they did at all and i mean the myers one we knew for about two weeks that that's where he was going and they limited the damage and it was still not a good deal so. for agencies kind of got boring recently where like all the big players you just seem to know where they're going i guess Tavares and panarin were last minute decisions but like yeah. a lot of them were like the myers deal 
or seem to be a lot more deals like where well, Tyler Myers. It's because they open it up five days or a week prior, so that teams can actually talk for the entire week. So yeah. that teams, so you pretty much know three or four days before because they can talk. So it makes it a little more interesting because stuff actually happens on July first, but. At the same time, stuff all happens right at noon, and then sometimes stuff doesn't happen until that, or af- much after that. And then randomly, Jake Gardner's still unsigned 24 days later. Yeah. And James Myrtle's on the SDP earlier this week, and he was saying that uh, Ryan, or Gardner's back is completely fine. Hmm. So, and I, he's not like he had information about it. So, it's interesting to see if the holdup is just two years versus five years or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That's all I have. Uh, what about you? Yeah, poor Canucks fans, basically. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, we'll probably try and maybe have some guests on or something like that, or do our. I know last year we did top ten centers and stuff like that. We might try that again in the off season. Uh, come September, we'll be doing our division previews before the season starts. But uh, until that, if there's anything you want to hear, let us know. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff, and you can find Chase at twi- on Twitter at CM Hockey sixty six. I just want to give a, a shout-out quickly to our friend Earl Schwartz, who absolutely oh, yeah, blew up on Twitter yesterday. Uh, he's uh, knows pretty much everything he can about the uh, CBA and contract negotiations and stuff like that. Like he He's read the CBA inside out multiple times, and so with the deal that the Leafs brought in David Clarkson again, which we'll get to next week, we figured we'd leave the news, uh, Eastern Conference news till next week. With that happening, uh, he really explained it well. He now writes for the Leafs Nation because of it, and he has an article up explaining how it helps them. And did you see him in the Dangle video? Yeah, I did. He yeah, say Steve Dangle shouted him out. Yeah, because he had that on his Snapchat, but I saw it on like I actually the, watched the, the Steve Dangle yeah. video first. I was like, this is really weird watching a YouTube video, and he's talking about Earl. Uh, yeah, but big shout out to Earl. Yeah, uh, that was cool to see. Go give him a follow. I believe his handles. Just Earl Schwartz. I think it's 27. Yeah, something like that. He's the guy with uh, playing hockey with the very long blonde hair. Um, Is it his high school photo in that? Nah, his. Yeah, it's the Lancers, isn't it? I think it's Junior Junior Kings. Kings. Never mind, you're right. Uh, Yeah. Earl Schwartz, 27. Uh, I'll throw, I'll give him a shout out uh, when I post the podcast as well. But yeah, just want to give a shout out to him. Other than that, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I think last week was our biggest downloaded episode ever, and we weren't really expecting that for a uh, mid-July episode. Wait, where did that come from? I'm not sure, but I'm really happy that everyone listened, and hopefully you guys are all listening again and enjoying it. Um, Thank you very much. We are going to try and have another episode out in a couple weeks. Chase is in BC for the next week. And a bit, I think. Maybe I'll see Jim Benning. Yeah, yeah. I'm there for eight days. Yeah, so I might, week. maybe I'll do a podcast with a guest or something like that. But uh, Chase and I will be back in a few weeks. And just thanks for listening. You can find our podcast on iTunes and Spotify and pretty much anywhere you can download podcasts. So thanks, everyone, and we will see you next week.